Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm your host, Trevor Scott, and with me as always is Ben Slinger. Oh, a bit more laid back this time. I like it. Sometimes you just... You like commenting on what I bloody say. Well, because I, <laughs> because I don't know what else to say after the intro before we get into the actual show. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear about our lives. They're here for the, the games, right? Should we just jump right in? You goddamn thick water. (laughs) I think we'll just jump right into click pitch. For those who might just be joining us here in the late 90s. Um, 97 to be sure. (laughs) uh, (laughs) For those who are just joining us here in the late 90s, where, um, where I'm still, you know, a teenager- and, and I'm wearing parachute pants. Y2K hasn't <laughs> happened yet. We're getting drunk on cheap whiskey. Oh, wait, I'm still doing that. Click Pitch is a game where we each have a random word generator in front of us. And on the count of three to one click, we will each click refresh. And in this ramped up version of Click Pitch, uh, we will each get a phrase, an adjective and a noun. And we'll put those, those phrases together and uh, make a game design. See what comes out or into the some. game design combobulator. Let's do it. Three, Three two, click. two, one, click. Dietary respiration. Tiniest gore. Gore, like G-O-R-E. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. So, tiniest gore. I, I know it's sort of going into my head right now. Mm, yeah, I've got a couple of things floating um, around in there. Yes, and in my idea, there would also be a little guy in a spaceship floating around in there. Because <laughs> I'm thinking okay, in a so space. We're doing, yeah, I was about to say, so we're doing the game version of in a space. Uh, I, that's, that's an interesting... So, <laughs> I just had a really weird idea that doesn't make any sense, but I've literally just stopped playing some Overwatch... And I was just thinking about how in inner space the um the uh who's the who's in his body? Dennis Quaid? Yes. It's a Quaid. Dennis Quaid. Yes. It's Dennis Quaid. It's definitely Is- not Randy Quaid. No, no, no. Oh, that'd be a different movie. Uh <laughs> is injected into Martin Short. Um but I was just thinking if like there's sort of two phases to this game. One where you play a sniper who has a target. But they don't shoot bullets, they shoot an injection of the next phase, which is the little spaceship that gets injected <laughs> into their bloodstream. Or maybe it's not always a sniper, maybe there's sort of a general assassin, you know, Assassin's Creed, but oh, I'm thinking modern, obviously, but like assassin mode where you have to either get close to them or, yeah, like take them out, inject them from afar with a sniper rifle. And then the next phase is, all right, now you find yourself in this person's body and you've got a mission. Uh, and it might be to kill them. In a way that does not, you know, because if they were just shot, if they were just shot in the head with a sniper rifle, I mean, that's going to attract some attention. Yeah. Uh, but if they're if they're subtly injected from afar with a tiny little spaceship, well, not spaceship, body ship, uh, that makes its way to their heart and injects some poison into it, then, you know, it's going to seem like natural causes. What was your words again? 
dietary respiration. Okay, so I like the idea that um, there's many different uses for this um, for this technology. So one of it is that your nutritionist or you you know your dietary specialist <laughs> okay. can um can get down and and sort of analyze you know the fat tissue and all that sort of stuff. Um, you got the lung specialist who can go in and and like analyze the um the lungs directly. Oh, and so then you've got the, still, the assassin. Oh, okay. So they're just like practitioners. <laughs> they're, they're practitioners, but then there's someone else who's actually got the um, who's got the technology as well, and it's just a whole heap of different sort okay. of sort of like. So you um, play a. This is set in a future where this technology is common. You play a stomach and lung specialist. <laughs> no, I'm I'm actually thinking you play the pilot. <laughs> so you've got a specialist in there with you, oh, and they tell you they where don't to go. Pilot themselves. All right, so they're just like navigating you. Yeah. So to to get to get extra extra money and that sort of stuff, you moonlight on the side for for like an assassin. <laughs> oh, I see. I th- I was thinking that. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking that somehow. All right. So uh, well, then the pilot does need some special skills because yeah sure in the case of an actual legitimate practitioner it's pretty straightforward they you know get injected in and then i don't know how how do they get out do they have to find themselves to an exit <laughs> um well i'm i'm thinking do you remember the old like dos game descent yes of course how you're sort of Classic. flying around in in like 3D space and all this sort of stuff. Yep. I'm picturing that as like the body version of of that. So what you what you're going up against are like antibodies and all this sort of stuff having to fire against them. But you know each each level you've got a different um a different target within this body that you that well, you're trying I, to. I actually like access. the idea that um particularly in the case of just regular practitioners, there's no combat. It's all about maneuvering. It's all about um. Just the yeah, like getting around the body, but you know, you get into a bloodstream. It's it's it might be moving really quickly, and so you you can't. It's not just Go flying. The flow. <laughs> yeah, it's not just flying around like in descent where everything's anti gravity, like no gravity. It's you've you've got to um, deal with yeah, like the flow of blood and stomach acid and. You know, has platelets lung, coming towards you. Yeah, and- well, and just the lungs inhaling and exhaling, and you know, filling up the space um, and, and empty, emptying it again. Um, but then, yeah, when you- So, I like the idea that across the course of this, like, you start off, obviously, just as the pilot for these doctors uh, who get in there and just say, you know, go over there, I need to see that side of the lung, like, watch out for- Here, here comes a breath, like, get out of the way. Oh, it's, it's sort of like, um, if you remember in- well, I'm not sure whether you played many Zelda games, but there's some levels in which you'll have something coming towards. So you've got to, got to like get into get into like a little alcove and yeah, yeah, exactly. Wait, wait for yeah. that to get past, and then you get out again. And yeah, I can see little alcoves in the lung and all this sort of stuff that you. Yeah, and I think you've got like maybe a little sort of grappling hook sort of thing, or oh, maybe it depends on on different ships and stuff. But so you can kind of latch onto stuff to not get you know blown away or, or, or pulled through with the current too much. Um, and then yeah, like I think there is. Uh, sort of some skill to escaping or navigating your way to the exit. Um, whether it's, uh, I don't mean, it depends how big you are, right? Does it have to be a relatively large hole, like a nostril, mouth, you know, or the other end? Nostril or the other <laughs> end, or. Um, or can you just get out like with its paws in the skin or something? <laughs> I'm thinking that in like, um, 
in like death the death ones you know where you where you're killing someone and they say yeah we don't care how clean you exit <laughs> it's like you just blow a massive hole in their back <laughs> well maybe you get to do autopsies and stuff too in which case yeah Ooh. like all right autopsy completed and you just uh you just come out of the wide incision just, you just no no you just come back to full size <laughs> it's like all right autopsy done <laughs> <laughs> Instagib. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then obviously, you know, act, act, end of Act 1 is you get recruited by this assassin. Uh, and now your ship is outfitted with, you know, some more interesting tools and, and perhaps weapons. And perhaps you get to the point where you're going up against uh, figures who, you know, have protection, right? Like these rich- and powerful people, they're aware of this technology. They literally have people swimming around in them at all times. <laughs> like they have, oh God. they have inner guards. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. it's like my ship's over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was just thinking, oh, it's going like, to the toilet. <laughs> no, it's like, yeah, it's like, all right, guard change. <laughs> Everybody, get to the anus. It's a, it's, uh, Get to the bladder. It's, it's the cleaner time. way of getting out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it takes longer. You got to line up. You got to <laughs> make sure you don't, you know, that you fly out of the way before you fall into the tw- before he flushes. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, then you're getting fired into these people, and you might come across, but you know guards in there you have to you have to fire back and you get to see what the collateral damage of that looks like can you imagine <laughs> oh god <laughs> um but you're trying to keep it as clean as possible because you don't want to be found out but you know if you're punching holes in veins and lungs and things <laughs> it's gonna be messy oh god I'm, I'm just imagining the different sorts of levels it's it's awesome i like that idea a lot yeah very um, quick yeah what were you going to say? Oh, I was just going to say it gave me almost a uh, heat signature vibe where you, the bodies could almost be randomly generated and you don't know what sort of guards are going to be in there and what your mission's going to be. Okay. Um, yeah, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Three, two, one, quick. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going second. <laughs> Pasted Peninsula. Posthumous Mistress. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, my. <laughs> okay. Okay, so it's a narrative game mm-hmm. where you play the mistress of a um of a guy who's just died. Okay, that's a safe way to take that. <laughs> um and you've got to deal with the with the whole um fish out of water at at the funeral as such. Um, okay. Uh, I like the idea that it's it's set in his his um, hometown, which happened to be on a peninsula. Yeah, and like, and he, and he was the, uh, the 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 king of paste. He sold. Well, cl- I was he thinking, sold clag. I, I was thinking that you know he he owned the the local glue factory. Yeah, and that's it, what I mean. <laughs> yeah, um, I like the idea that you know the. The rumours have been going around for years of, that he had a mistress, and so when, he, you- when he died, you you've never met the wife, but mm-hmm. she she found out about you through like his deathbed confession sort of thing. Okay, is this like more the case of kind of a second family situation as opposed to just it's not like just a fling; it's like a long term 
It's a long-term- that- Adulterous relationship. Yeah. Okay. And you play um, the mistress. You play the mistress. So- What sort of game- What sort of gameplay are you thinking? Um, I'm thinking- I'm thinking narrative. I'm thinking, you know, um, there's some com- conversation sort of stuff that you got to you got to deal with. Um, there's some like I'm thinking that you can always have like an inner psyche sort of puzzle. Okay, puzzle things so going you've got on, a bit of like inner monologue kind of stuff happening. Yeah, and you, you're trying to piece together, you know, whether whether you can. Hold up through through staying staying through this this whole horrible ordeal, you know. So you're is not that is, be the, the most is liked person? The, and is the goal just like surviving it? Like you're there, you're there literally just to pay your respects, or is there some sort of other goal um, around? I, I think one of the things is you you got an you actually got an invite to this from um from your from you the know, partner previous from, partner yeah uh, saying that. If you if you came along to this, you know it 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 would you know be um, definitely within your favour to to do this. So and is there can, something around the will? Like is she? Yeah, I'm thinking the there's something around the will. Do they have a child together? Maybe like she's there because she knows that she needs to provide for her child, and hmm. there's the potential here that and his child, obviously. Yeah, you know if it, if it weren't for that, she might. You know, she might not, not show attempt. up, but so I like the idea of there being, you know, inner monologue sort of things. You mm. can you can almost play out um, some of the some of the confrontations in her head. Yeah, so that she becomes almost like an unreliable narrator sort of thing, in which you know you're not sure whether this is actually- whether this is the actual conversation or not. <laughs> the actual conversation, or if it goes badly, you know, it's, it's yeah, yeah. Um, well, that could be a good mechanic. It can escalate actually. too. To let yeah. the player make bad decisions while not penalising them permanently, yeah. and if they make the right decisions, then it's you know effectively it's it's the um, it, it, it's it the is, canon way that yeah that it happens. I, I but, like the idea that maybe the child is like a like an early teenager, um, and so you can develop the relationship between the mother and the the child as well. In that, like, she constantly is. Either you know receiving or making phone calls, yeah, back to her daughter, like, and and sort of giving her a play by play and getting advice from her, and you could sort yeah. of use that as well as the inner monologue to really develop those those characters and, and sort of express what she's feeling. So I'm I'm picturing this um this whole like area, um, this whole peninsula is is sort of like open for for exploration sort of thing. Like, okay. I'm picturing that this, um, that where the funeral's being held is like on his, um, estate on his massive, something. like, estate. Yeah. So you can sort of go around, sort of, um, looking at the different things on the estate and yep. maybe, maybe you're following a, um, a certain, uh, like a scavenger hunt sort of thing that he, he basically <laughs> said, I want you to go find this. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. part of, Part of in between the conversations and that sort of stuff. If you can sneak away and, and sort of explore well, and the island so a bit or explore the peninsula, narratively, then do we bring in the potential that there was foul play involved, or that there's other shifty stuff going on amongst, like within the family? Yeah, I, I kind of like there being almost a, I don't know, dynasty or something like that. You know, this um, really dysfunctional family with mm. the, um, with his actual family. 
Yeah. Um, I'm trying to wonder when when your character found out about the fact that she was actually mistress and not uh, not the only one. That- um, look, I feel like maybe she knew most of the time. Um, you know, I'm kind of getting this sense of, yeah, he's got this completely dysfunctional family. He's got all this wealth. Um, did he- are we saying that he uh, sort of built this company and wealth himself, or is it? Are they just? Do they come from money? And he runs the company, or what? What I kind of like is is that she she never knew that he was actually this rich guy. She just fell in love with this guy that she met. Yeah, I think she had some idea, but like they didn't talk about it, and she sort of realized that this that with her was the only place he could kind of actually be himself because his family expects so much and they're all messed up and oh yeah you know i'm i'm really liking this from a from a narrative point of view i'm yeah, really liking that, yeah. that well, there's some some ideas of of you know some foul play going on and and that you find his diary in in the estate you find yeah. you know other little things saying you know that um he's almost being trapped in the um in the in the relationship you know, mm. with his with his actual wife and the person that he really loves is is the mistress. But well, and you could do some like, really interesting things too with, like you said, the unreliable narrator. Yeah, and you don't want to go too far down that path, but because of where we jump into the story, um, this is the first time she's finding out about the family, meeting the family, and it's all coloured through what she knows of him. Yeah, uh, and and this sort of scavenger hunt, treasure hunt that he sent her on, and maybe he's done this because. He thinks there's the potential. Like, he set it up because he thinks there's the potential that someone could try to kill him um, and, mm-hmm. that, and that this would lead her to to f- figure that out. But so we could then go either, you know, a couple of different ways. We could go down the path that she finds out that actually he was quite paranoid and <laughs> like his family actually loved him and he was just, you know, he had some mental health issues that were undiagnosed and- <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you know, and that could go. You could go quite deep on that and, and do some interesting things there, or you could take it a bit lighter as such. And these these this dysfunctional, wacky family is just who they seem on face value, and that's probably yep. for an adventure game if that's where we're going a bit more. <laughs> for, for some reason, I'm seeing the family as as like a um, almost as dysfunctional as Arrested Development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and it's that typical rich family kind of yep. dysfunction, right? Like, they're all entitled. They all have their own little weird quirks and things. What's her job? Like, what's, the, what's um, your character's job? Yeah, well, I think she's, you know, probably... I mean, it, de- it depends how tropey we want to go, because, uh, you know, working just working class in some fashion, presumably, or middle, you know, working to working class, middle class sort of, sort um, of position, so getting by, not, you know... I don't teacher- know what... Um, psychiatrist or mm, maybe like psychologist. Maybe she's even. Uh, I was going to say maybe she's even studying. Like she's working while she tries to complete a degree, sort of thing. Um, I don't know, are, are you are you thinking of this to kind of push supplement some of the gameplay? Maybe yeah, the actual um, gameplay. I, uh, I, I kind of like I kind of like the idea that she works as like a um like a psychologist or something for that um does analysis on on different people okay, so, so she, she can has actually some insight 
yeah, has has a little bit of insight. But again, you know, you got some of the unreliable narrator sort of stuff that you can you can play around with that. That yeah, you know what she what she's actually um, what well, you're maybe being she's, presented maybe- is is like the worst case scenario of of these of these um, conditions. Sort of characters. Yeah, yeah, you know, the perhaps. over the top version. I was thinking maybe she should she could be like a social worker where she's not specifically trained in in you know psychoanalysis, but she's come across a lot of these sorts of people or sorts of conditions or sorts mm-hmm. of behaviours before, you know, working with with different people. Yeah, uh-huh. I like that. Mm. I like that. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm liking the idea that as you're talking to talking to people, like she's making notes in her in her like um, mind notebook as such, you know, so you yeah. can actually access the thoughts that she's she's noting down, but she's not actually, you know, it's not a physical. She's not notebook. sitting there and like <laughs> writing notes and drawing pictures of yeah. all the people in the family. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's cool. Yeah. What what's the sort of graphical style that you you're picturing? Uh, look, whenever we talk about point and click, I I really just go back to funnily enough, Sierra style two D. Yeah, just in I mean, LucasArts was always a bit more exaggerated. Sierra uh, always made their characters a bit more realistically proportioned and that sort of thing. And that's sort of for this sort of game, I was almost picturing like a Laura Bow or something. Do you know what I mean? That sort of vibe. Yep. The only thing I'd like to say is that it's traditional character sort of look, but the the graphical style is, um, say, the cleanness of Monkey Island 3. So, in, in like, Laura Bow and that sort of stuff, it was very, very pixelated on their face and that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, of course. And no, no, no. I'm not necessarily thinking- So, go, like, the go clean- Go down to, like, 320 pixels across- the clean cartoon um, look. Well, maybe a bit more like a broken sword or something then. Oh, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Here because- we go, showing our knowledge of all the different <laughs> different types of graphical mm-hmm. styles out there. Always been my favourite genre. Uh-huh. I really need to get back into playing that one that you were mentioning to me the other day. It's installed, I just haven't played it yet. <laughs> uh, um, unavowed, yeah. Yes. That's good. Okay. Three, two, one. Three, two, one, click. Click. Grimiest delinquent. Slashing husk. Oh, slashing husk. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> are you thinking this? What are you thinking of? Um, hang on a second. Okay. So, I- I'm picturing it as a teenager mm. who's um, effectively being you know, had had his Spider-Man moment of being bitten by, like, a radioactive spider. Okay. Um, but what he got bitten by was, like, a radioactive um, butterfly or something like that. So, he's gone into, like- <laughs> Something that involves a metamorphosis, is that where you going? Something that involves some sort of metamorphosis. Uh, so, he's got to slash his way out of the, out of the husk that, get, that gets created. <laughs> and- um, <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm just liking the idea that, like, his body um, is kind of slimy and just picks up all the, all the grime as he's going around. Oh, it's God. really hard to clean off. <laughs> all right, all right. I like that idea. Um, so he's a teenage superhero. Yeah. He. All right. I need to just quickly Google because, yeah, butterflies obviously one thing that. Uh, 
I, I just like the idea of a superhero called the butterfly. <laughs> I'm just, I just want to quickly see if there's anything grosser that we can find. <laughs> Other than the fact that he's got like, a, instead of a mouth, he's now got a massive proboscis. <laughs> oh God. Well, okay. All right. Let, let's, <laughs> let's stick with butterfly. But look, Spider-Man doesn't have eight legs, eight eyes, doesn't spin webs from his butt. Like, it doesn't take on, <laughs> though, like, every physical, you know, ability. It takes on the useful physical abilities. So, let's not go too far <laughs> with the fucking massive proboscis and, and you know, 24-hour lifespan uh, of a butterfly. <laughs> but I think- He gets the power of flight. Well, listen, because I I don't I I think he it, it's something like every night he goes back into his larval phase. <laughs> so look, he's on a night mission, and it's like <laughs> ding ding ding. Oh, sleepy time. <laughs> larval phase just starts again. Well, I don't know if it just kicks in. I think. Well, I think maybe he hasn't <laughs> needed his powers for long enough, or something. And they like regress, and to get and to turn back into Butterfly Man, he has to go into his cocoon again. For you know, a couple of hours, <laughs> um, and come out with the power of flight. So yes, he has giant, beautiful butterfly wings. Um, but they fall off at the end of each day. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. It's, it's got like that twenty-four hour phase. Well, so yeah, maybe that is the twenty-four hour lifespan sort of thing. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah, like it does bring in that 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 short short lifespan of the butterfly. Um. Um, so, <laughs> when you come out of the husk, do you have to wait, it, like, let the wings dry out for, like, um- Well, that's where the grime- like an hour or so. That's where the griminess comes in. <laughs> <laughs> you have to avoid all dirty areas or your wings are fucked for the rest of that day. <laughs> and and, and the people them. you were going to fucking save are dead. Okay, so, city-wise- New York's got too many fucking superheroes. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking this guy is in, like, the back alleys of Hobart. Why not? Does Hobart, so, have, a lot of, do, does Hobart have a lot of butterflies, or are you just, like, taking our characters to Tasmania? I'm just, I'm just taking our character to Tasmania. Um, I know, I was thinking of a dirty, grimy city. I'm like, eh, that's Sydney, but I can't really be stopped saying anything about Sydney. Let's just use Hobart. We've never used that. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure you suggested Tasmania like six times this year, but anyway, that's fine. I don't, I'm not sure we've ever gone with it, so that let's do it. Um, Hobart, what's the Hobart skyline look like? Uh, pretty lame. Yep, cool, perfect. There's a there's a nab. There's a tall nab. Um. Okay, so. He works at the, the nab. <laughs> he works at the nab. He has to find himself a fucking, uh, like, stationary closet. He's like, oh, my you God, know, I, I hear someone in trouble. You know what? Fuck it. Um, it is actually Melbourne, but um, he- We're he still was not going with Hobart. He, All right, go on. Yeah, he was, um, he was working in, um, in the zoo in the butterfly house. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that ties it in a bit- more nicely. A bit nicer, because I'm like, I don't know if the bloody Hobart Zoo has a fucking butterfly house, but I know that. I don't know if Hobart has a The Melbourne Zoo. <laughs> I know that Melbourne Zoo does, and I'm- Unless he's originally from Hobart, and he was just working here on, on like, I don't know, sabbatical or something like that. 
Let's just stick with Melbourne. Yeah, because we know what Melbourne's like. Okay. So, he's working in the butterfly house. Um, they've just brought in a brand new brand new butterfly um, that was- um, I mean, do we go the standard kind of huge corporation experimenting on it with some sort of radioactivity or genetic modification? Um, I'm thinking that there was some nuclear testing that was performed in like- Sure. Nuclear, South Australia. Yeah. Um, yep. And, you know, this is the only butterfly that sort of survived from the area that's been brought in by a specialist from his own collection, you know. Right, yep. He, and he, it just, he, he captured it. Captured it yep. in- um, He didn't realise that it was like a nuclear testing yeah, site yeah, or something like know. that. He doesn't know. I like the idea of like the intro to this thing, just fo- sort of following the butterfly through these phases. You know, initially it's in, you know, a glass container with a bunch of other butterflies in this lab- and then, you know, through the glass of of the of the container, you see, and maybe it's it's soundproof. So all you're hearing is the fluttering and flapping of butterfly wings. But outside, you're seeing chaos as this nuclear event, you know, starts happening. And eventually, like an employee runs runs past and knocks the container to the ground, and then suddenly all the sound from outside, the alarms and the screams, come bursting in. Yep. <laughs> um. But so, wh- and one you of the sort things- of see the radio. You see the irradiated, you know, or maybe you get a glimpse of like specimen, you know, experiment twenty three A, specimen two, um, you know, super powered butterfly or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so, so one of the things I, I like about this is that you can actually sort of um, go against the grain of you know the whole twenty four hour thing for butterflies. Like mm. maybe maybe one of the conversations that you hear is, yeah, this is a very special special butterfly. Um, I found this butterfly six days ago, and it's still it's well, still kicking. Maybe the whole thing is well, and I, I did look it up. A lot of butterflies have longer than twenty four hours last time. But okay. no, um, maybe what it is is that this butterfly can, instead of dying, it does revert to its larval phase, and sort of it has an its own internal lifestyle life cycle, yep. where. Um, through for a through a period of self regeneration, it it becomes a caterpillar again, um, and then will become a butterfly again, and like the cycle continues. And I'm thinking that the scientist is is literally calling it like the phoenix butterfly, yeah, because it just rises from the dead, yes, or the Lazarus butterfly, mm. the Lazarix. <laughs> Lazarfly. <laughs> the Lazarfly. The laser butterfly. There you go. It's got lasers. That forget all the other stuff. No, no, I like Just that. I like, that. I like the Phoenix laser beam. <laughs> I like the Phoenix butterfly and it can have some really nice like flame flame decals. <laughs> Not decals. <laughs> but the patterns on its wings. I like the idea that the patterns are procedurally generated each time, but they're always sort of Somewhat flame reddish, flame shaped, and red, red orange. <laughs> oh, so I'm picturing that the that the um that the butterfly, as I'm calling as I'm calling the superhero, not Butterfly Man, because that just doesn't <laughs> roll off the tongue. The butterfly actually has like a phoenix on his cape <laughs> or on his wings each time. So it's sort of <laughs> it's like what. But why are you called the butterfly when you- <laughs> When you've got a fix. What, and he has to explain the whole thing? Yep. The whole backstory. I just love that idea. Well, okay, that, he has to explain the whole backstory. And so, going back to this intro scene, 
like you see the butterfly, you you see a little bit about its its powers, or you like overhear the scientist talking before he dies. You follow the butterfly as it like flap flap flaps its way, gets caught by this collector, um, you know, brought into the zoo, and it's in there, and then like lands on and and bites or whatever, infects this kid. Uh, yep. And then it cuts, and you you see that he's just explaining this for the nine hundredth time to somebody where they, where they and that's why I have a phoenix on my <laughs> on my shirt. <laughs> and I think you know, sort of like the next time that it happens, um, the same thing happens again. It's just a little bit faster, a little bit faster, and then finally, <laughs> <laughs> finally it's like you just see um, butterfly in a in a room, and he just doesn't even bother with it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like whatever. I'm the phoenix. <laughs> Why are you the fre- phoenix? You got butterfly wings. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, I mean, obviously, gameplay-wise, then, I'm kind of just thinking it's it's very much a superhero open world sort of thing around, yeah. around Melbourne. Uh, I'd love to see a, you know, that sort of game city in Melbourne. Um, yeah, with some stuff around the delay between. <laughs> Having to, well, I mean, I guess you'd realistically you'd just bring that in to some sort of story sort of thing where, all right, your day's over, or when you die, obviously you like turn back into you. Find, you know, you wake up in your bed or something, or you wake up nearby and you've regenerated back into your human form, which is and there's know, a husk on the ground. Yes, yes, yes. Slash you kind of crawl out of your previous body, slash oh, your way out of your fuck. previous body. <laughs> Um, sometimes so you think- sometimes you literally wake up in the morgue. Sometimes you just in the back think, alley, depending on what. As, as you said, you know, you sort of cut you. I think you've got like um, really really sharp nails that you can like just cut your way out of out of the body and that sort of stuff. Um, <laughs> I love the idea that he had to develop. Like previously, he he was a nail biter, but when he got this power, and the first <laughs> the first couple times he woke up in a husk and really couldn't get out very easily, <laughs> he couldn't breathe, and then, then it was like a husk within a husk. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> he just endless husks and husks until his fingernails grew long enough to cut his way out of them. Um, no, but yeah, oh, yeah. Shit, I can't breathe. <laughs> Six like hours later. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, Who so, is his main villain? Well, here's the thing. I think he's been like really careless with like the husks that he leaves behind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's basically a scientist who is who is taken these husks and has extracted like um some of the DNA radioactivity and, and yep. has injected it into himself so is like a um i think that it's it's a little bit kind of um degraded so he's got well, very yeah. very plain wings well, and, and because it's, he's trying he's to sort reverse of almost a um because he's trying to reverse engineer it um i think it it's never it's never as strong and powerful as the original, so he gets some of the butterfly powers. May- maybe I- he gets he sort of gets some of the resurrection powers, but he gets older every time or something. Um, like he ages by like a year or two years or five years or something every time he dies and, and comes back. Um, and so, so yeah, I know he- that this isn't it's not even you know the same species or anything like that, but I like the <laughs> the fact that he calls himself the moth. Because the Mothman. Moth yeah, he doesn't actually have, um, like, coloured wings or anything like that. They're kind of dull brown. <laughs> I love the idea that the first time they meet, he's like, and you, you can call me the Mothman. And the guy's like, I'm pretty sure that's already a thing. Uh, like, there's that horror, like, there's that mythical creature, the Mothman. I think it's in, like, West Virginia. <laughs> 
like, what? No, but I'm a mo- like I'm, a, I'm like a moth. Like, no, yeah, but you've, it's already taken. <laughs> <laughs> and what are you? I'm the butterfly. But you got a phoenix. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> <laughs> and then it goes through the whole intro again, <laughs> <laughs> just really, really fast. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> um, yeah. I I really like that idea having <laughs> having the um the bad guy as a as like, and and the fact that you know. You you just were careless with asks and that sort of stuff because it's like yeah oh, just- yeah well and it's hard like you're dying in it and you, you're sort of when you uh, you know when you wake up um, you you're you're all gross for one you're naked you're mm-hmm. weak and so yeah you can't always like hold this husk you know it's 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 fairly light it's just a husk but it's still a human sized husk um. Yep. You know, you could maybe you could just have maybe you can like stomp it into pieces into dust. Uh, it's sort of all dried out and flaky. What about um, like there's I, I'm picturing that there's going to be like news reports about um, like depending on how many times you actually die. Like I think there's there's definitely a scripted a scripted you know death that is going to happen. But if you're really really good after that, then you're not going to get as much media attention. But the more that you mm. die, the more media attention that there actually is on. Um, these husks that have been turning up around the city with basically this eviscerated, this eviscerated um, guy that they they can't get any DNA out of this husk, but it, it yep. looks like someone has been has been ripped apart, and it's always you know a, a young man, you know <laughs> mid to late twenties, um, can't quite tell the tell the facial features, so it's but kind he's got of a brown side, hair, and so it's kind of maybe <laughs> a side story that the more you die, the more you hear about this serial killer. That is just like sucking the life out of its victims and leaving and- these empty husks. <laughs> I just, I just love the idea of like the more, the, like the worst that you actually have played, the more story that you sort of get because you, you're spending a little bit more time in it. In yeah, the world. yeah, 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 and yeah, that I, I do like that idea of, of a particular aspect of the story developing based on yeah the fact that you're shit at the game. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, and the fact that, you know, oh, this, this one turned up in the morgue and, you know, it was a, it was a regular sort of guy when it turned up at the morgue, but then, you know. Right. So they they start theorizing that it's like a virus instead of a serial killer or. Or, you know, um, it, it comes to, comes to the medical examiner. Um, you know, he was the last one to see the body, you know, fully there and then. Just before he did the autopsy, so they start thinking that he may be he may actually be it, and <laughs> right. like the serial killer or something like that. That's a lot of lot of branching uh, yeah, and alternate paths to put into what's basically uh, some environmental storytelling. But yeah, no, I like it. Yep, three to one click. Yeah, <laughs> smeared musk, <laughs> <laughs> fumed autopsy. <laughs> 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 so, SpaceX comes out with a new <laughs> rocket, <laughs> but there's a disaster because the fumes ignite. The rocket takes off and it smashes straight into Elon Musk, smears him across the ground. <laughs> God, <laughs> you are doing the autopsy. <laughs> <laughs> there's only a smear left. What's what's there to autopsy? <laughs> I mean, but it's it's also part of like finding out what went wrong with the rockets. <laughs> <laughs> um, Picking is up there another way that we can take the autopsy? Like, e- all right. So maybe 
just just because I don't want to use any other term for mask. I think it's still a SpaceX rocket that smears mask. <laughs> but you're not doing an autopsy on Elon Musk. No. You're doing an autopsy on one of it's like the first manned SpaceX flight. But there was actually they couldn't find any technical malfunction. So you are having to do an autopsy on the, the rocket astronauts. Itself. No, on the astronauts. Ah. To find out if there was anything wrong with them that they would have like to find out if there's a reason. So maybe look, I don't think the gameplay is the autopsy. I think it's that you are investigating these astronauts now, who are now also mostly dead. Maybe one of them survived. I don't know. And he got bitten by a radioactive to, butterfly. <laughs> to find out why they- what happened, right? Because it wasn't a technical malfunction. It was some sort of human error or potential- like, or um, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, malicious. Mm-hmm. You know, maliciously done. Um, I think as part of this, like, investigation, you're, you're looking into- um, looking to the results of the autopsies. You're looking into, like, um, the technical um, analysis that's been done on the rocket. Yeah. And that sort of stuff. And you basically- And you um, do have to take a look at the musk smear. <laughs> it's like, no, it doesn't smell like musk. <laughs> um, you know, musk the, and only like, the name itself. <laughs> the direction, you know, the impact, you know, you need to know that stuff. Um, Back and to the left. Back and to the left. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. Three, two, one, click. Yeah. <laughs> Collateral wishbone. Mm. Straight bittersweet. Okay. So, straight, not straight as in a straight line, but straight as oh, in bass, bass straight. straight. <laughs> bittersweet straight. It's a noun. Bloody stupid word generator. <laughs> Um, okay. So, I mean, a straight is just a body of water separating two land masses, right? Yep. Collateral wishbone. (laughs) (laughs) This is dumb. Okay, go. (laughs) Maybe it's Thanksgiving Mm. in, um, uh, no, that doesn't mean it's Christmas in Queensland. Okay, yep. And... You're eating the chicken. Chickens have wishbones, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're, you you get to the wishbone and you pull it uh, with your super conservative grandfather and they win. And all of a sudden, all of Queensland separates from the rest of Australia. <laughs> because the grandfather wished that Queensland could su- secede from Australia. As has occasionally come up. <laughs> but being a wish, the wishbone genie decided to make it literal that they wanted to separate from Australia. And now Queensland is its own landmass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing that it's like literally cut along the um, the yeah, defined a- edges by the Absolutely. Map. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> It is. I mean, that's what this man decides is Queensland. <laughs> and in fact, it's funny. It's cut along, you know, because it was his wish, it's actually cut along the defined borders of an old 60-year-old map. That's the only one he's ever looked at that had some errors. <laughs> but I'm just 
I'm, I'm now picturing that, you know, you got Hamilton Island just off to the side, but Hamilton Island itself doesn't get moved, so Queensland just sort of crushes bits of Just crushes. Stuff. It just pushes right through it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why, but that just, it just <laughs> made me laugh so bloody much. Now, the question is, does it just come off a little bit and stop, or does it just keep floating away? I like the I like the idea that it's like you know a twenty kilometer straight that yeah just sort of it moves enough or or it just separate it's just like it's like you cut it out of the map and just moved it a centimeter and then um, pasted it back on. <laughs> and so I'm, I guess the game is- how many I'm trying to find out how many kilometers away Hamilton Island is. <laughs> <laughs> um. um. So I guess the gameplay is like some sort of it's like a disaster movie almost like it's now the the country dealing with the aftermath of this like you know fucking whatever percentage of Queensland is thrilled cuz they're like yes now we can fucking vote in president Pauline Hanson <laughs> of this new <laughs> fucking country um and you're having to like Deal with all the diplomacy between Australia and Queen. Well, do they rename themselves? Well, Queens- you know, Queenslandia. You know, <laughs> you know what the worst part name. about the um, worst part about this whole thing, mm. like um, Queensland sort of moving off to the side. Um, one of the, one of the biggest things that actually happens is the Great Barrier Reef is destroyed. Oh yeah, totally. It's just gone. And then your grandfather's also like. Yeah, fuck that reef. <laughs> oh yeah, he doesn't care. He doesn't care. It's like that'll teach those greeny bastards. You know, I don't know some <laughs> going on about <laughs> some bullshit that's happening. Um, yep. Okay, so the Whit Sundays are totally fucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You're just looking at a map. I wish there was yeah. a. I'd love to see someone put together a Google map, like a little app where you can just drag countries around and it tells you what would happen. <laughs> like drag pieces of land around. That yet. <laughs> I didn't say anything to you, Google. Huh? Oh, I've got a Google Home Mini in here. And I said something about Google Maps and I thought I was talking to it. I didn't hear it, but... <laughs> okay, Google. Tell Trevor he's a fuckwit. Sorry, I can't send messages yet. Ah. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> that's kind of funny. What what else happens in the game? I mean, Australia just ends up bombing them to all oblivion, right? Fuck them. <laughs> it starts World War Three. Oh, look, it's it's like <laughs> just, just it, it, it ends quick. up it ends up being another wishbone wish that takes him out. <laughs> it's um, like his his wish moved them um, twenty kilometers away from the rest of Australia. And someone else wishes that they would move 20 kilometers uh, straight towards the center of the planet. <laughs> someone else wishes that they that they would move, you know, 20 kilometers away from the sun. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, three, two, one, click. <laughs> yeah. Getting some weird shit going on here. Oh, yeah. Cringing hymnal. Lettered thud. So, for lettered thud, what came to my mind was- uh, do you remember when we had um, we had the damsel devs on and we talked about how the score in their game like becomes a physical object and, and falls yep. to the ground? I was thinking that sort of thing. Some sort of onomatopoeia 
in the world that becomes physical and just like drops thud. Okay, so it's the fir- the first place that they ever they ever sort of see this happen is in a church, mm-hmm. and there's the whole congregation are singing like the hymn out of um out of like out of tune pretty much, and pretty much you see all all up in the air all the different um letters of what people were actually singing sort of appear above their heads. <laughs> so this is just stop. like <laughs> this is just like a phenomenon. That suddenly starts happening. Yep. Okay. And, yep. And and as the priest is going, he's like he's lo- like looking, and he sees like um, someone swearing and <laughs> singing. He's like, hang on. <laughs> and, and and then it all just drops to the ground, let it thud. You know, you've got. Yep. It all crushes letters. everyone. Um, whether it crushes everyone or whether it just you know creates a thud on the ground and then they sort of disappear, a la. Um, Hailstones in a, on a warm day. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they're just sort yeah, of- okay. Bup, 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 bup. Yep. So I think that's just you know that's the opening scene of of this sort of phenomena. Um, but I really do like the idea of now you're working for for a group that is that is trying to like. Um, it turns out that you know the people who were within this within this group, as they've gone out and talked with other people in the world. Like other people have been infected with this with this letter. Um Okay. This letter dropsy sort of <laughs> letter dropsy, yep. That's what they call it. <laughs> Got it well, in one. Yep. Because dropsy is an actual disease, isn't it? Oh, I think so. I know it's it was a- also a, a computer virus back in the day. Dropsy is an old fashioned term for an edema. Uh-huh. Um Yeah, so I is- sort of see this as a um just so happens that, that this um, this congregation, for some reason, had some sort of mystical thing happen. Mm. But now, as they go and, and in, um, talk to other other people, um, gradually the person gets like infected with this disease or something like that. That actually provides the words that they're speaking above their head. Does it is it above their head, or does it start coming from like wherever the source of the sound is? Well, I, I, I'm kind of thinking that it's that it's just like um, you know in Monkey Island how whenever they talked it was just above their head. So does everyone have like a different color? Yeah. <laughs> so from a gameplay perspective, then, or from a world building perspective, yeah. Because I, I obviously yeah it appears above their head, but then it like they become physical and fall to the ground. Yeah. Um, so, like, for one, all the people who are infected with this learn to start wearing helmets. Because yeah. every time they speak, they get warped on the head um, well, with the, the letters as they become physical and gravity takes over. I think what actually happens is um, you get this guy who's going into an argument with, with like, um, I don't know, with, with a guy, you know, maybe on a road rage sort of thing. And, like, yeah. the letters are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And he just grabs one and whacks this guy over the head. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, you you know, the letter disappears, so the murder weapon's actually gone. Yeah, so do they just fade out and after a little while? Do they kind of melt? Yeah, they melt. Um, they're not ice, but they're just no. You know, they're physical things that float until mm. you stop speaking, and then they, um, after after a time, they will actually start dropping Fall. off. They, yeah, gravity starts affecting them. Yeah, I like the idea that the louder you speak, the larger they are and heavier they are, and maybe the, the longer larger the, the font the, size, and maybe and- the longer <laughs> they take to. To disappear. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
I like the idea that this is becomes quite a common thing. Not everybody has it, but it's you know it's maybe like fifteen percent of the population or something. Um, and so they start being able to do things like analyze the color of the text and match it up to people. Like that, you know, I can see detectives finding the remnants of <laughs> of words on the ground after a, at a murder scene. And they're like, oh, shit, like, he must have really yelled this one because it's still around. The uh, witness is like, and what colour text did he have? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, but they, they get to, like, <laughs> right, quick, lineup, quick, co- get, Come forward get this. And, and say this word. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not the font that I saw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get this get this fuck back to the lab as quick as possible before it disappears so we can, like, <laughs> spectral, spectrally analyse it. And then they, can com- then they can go and talk to all the suspects and, like, compare it. And you get people just like not talking because they don't want to incriminate themselves. You know, taking the taking the fifth really takes on new meaning when they can literally get physical evidence from you speaking. Um, I, I'm really liking this um, this image that I've got in my head of of like the police line up and and it's like come forward and say the following line. <laughs> and it's like you yes. say it and the words come across. <laughs> the words appear. It's, it's like, like yes, it's number three. I would recognize that Comic Sans anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Move comic sense. I just love the it idea that my it's, dreams. That is different. Um, it's different font. Um, it's different sizes. It's different. Um, you can you know you can put in um, bold or underlined. And- if you speak, if you speak in an accent, it goes into a different font. <laughs> um, but only so if yeah, it's a I, good, a good uh, in, in, you know, imitation. I, I think maybe it starts off with you know. It's the first third of the game is that you're trying to work out where these things come from. But then it sort of fast forwards a few years and it's like everyone's now got this whole thing. And you see how society's changed with yeah. with the way they're now looking at it. Um, yeah. But, you know, you're still trying to work out, you know, how the hell did this thing actually happen? And um, Yeah, know. well, maybe. Uh, it's almost more interesting if it's just it happened. Now this is the world. Yeah, um, I, I like the idea that there's no there's no answers, but the guy's still going going it'd be, along. It'd his- be cool being like you're a, like a private eye, or a, I mean, or just a detective, because I'm just picturing like you don't need to learn how to lip read anymore. You just have to have <laughs> decent binoculars. binoculars. <laughs> like people don't know. Well, people will no longer like finding finding a a a uh, place to talk about things you don't want other people over here. Like it becomes very different. Because you have to make sure. I mean, for one, you talk quietly so they're small and they're going to disappear quickly. But like, you know, you carry around a dustpan <laughs> to ca- to catch them or something to sweep them up afterwards and make sure there's no evidence left behind. You get you get like people, the, <laughs> fuck, people who are really good at anagrams are like high in demand because <laughs> the cops are like, oh shit, we've got a sentence left behind. All right, bring in Maud. She's been doing the the anagrams in the in the newspaper for decades. She's going to figure out what this what this guy said. Oh, that's awesome! I love the <laughs> idea. I love the idea that you know you've got um, maybe it's one of those sort of games in which you've got multiple characters that you follow along with. Mm. And Maud was actually one of the one of the original people in the congregation at the start. Mm. Yep, sure, yeah. And and so then you, you know she gets called in um, by this detective and. 
you know, to solve the anagrams, then you play as Maud and it gives you a hint as to how to do some of the anagrams and that sort of stuff. And sure, yeah. And you get a bit of insight into, like, she's highly religious and she's got her theories around it, you know, obviously being some sort of okay. mir- miracle from God or damnation I'm, from God I'm or something. I'm moving away from the fact that it melts. Okay. I'm, I'm moving more to the fact that, like- That it does stick um, around unless you That it does it. stick around, but, like- um, you can you can get them to decay and and that sort of stuff if you yeah well like, maybe you just have to do a little bit of work to get rid of it yeah maybe again the materials depend on different aspects of the speech um, yeah some people you know it does end up just being made out of a chalky substance which you can kind of easily crush down and break into a powder but like some people fucking have titanium letters <laughs> and um, it's really fucking hard to get rid of them so first third of the game we we already sort of got an idea of what's happening there. Yeah. Um, then you become, like, a, a detective within this thing, solving some crimes that have to do with, like, letters and, yep. like, anagrams and- This could be a fucking episode of Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is something they do, because Sesame Street has done some cool shit. And it, like, it had guest <laughs> stuff, we, it had we, guest We went straight star, to murder fucking- and all this sort of stuff. I was not sure yeah, whether Sesame Street wanted to do that. Well, it's Sesame Street Nights. <laughs> Starring fucking Chris Maloney. Oh, God. Ding, ding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Law and Order Special Letter Unit. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yep. <laughs> Might be the episode title there. Uh, uh, <laughs> what's yeah. Law and Order um, special SLU? <laughs> yeah, okay. I reckon that's that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just I'm just thinking about like um, people complaining about. Oh, can you switch off the subtitles? I hate it when subtitles are long. Yeah, but you can't switch them off anymore. No, <laughs> not in this one. I love the idea. Okay, all right. Let's so. Actually, what would happen is everybody would have to start watching TV with subtitles on because otherwise their floor would be littered in letters. <laughs> like around the speakers, it's just gathering. It's just building it up. Out they've got to mime. They've got to mime it. <laughs> well, everyone just has to break. Everyone just has to break the volume control button on their TV because if their kid decides they want to actually hear it, then like the house just fills up with these tiny little fucking. Let the headphones work then. <laughs> they don't. It's they're actually very dangerous. It just pushes letters into your head. Yeah, like they could kill you. That's actually a new way that people murder people is just putting headphones onto them, turning them up full blast, and it just impales loud, large letters into their brain. Like heavy metal music is banned. Music in general is frowned upon. <laughs> I mean, I suppose the the one good thing about it is that people realise just how bad pop music is today when they actually see the words that they see the words coming out. Like, is that what they're fucking talking about? There <laughs> are all these like there are <laughs> <laughs> there are all these um uh secret concerts where people still want to listen to music and and they just put themselves through the hell that is like letters raining down <laughs> upon them into the mosh pit <laughs> and you got that one guy in the mosh pit who who 
you know, always looks like they're they're singing the right words, but then when you read it, <laughs> you see like- the actual words. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. You say something to your mum and she goes, what did you just say? And she looks at the letters on the ground. <laughs> she looks at them on the ground. It's like, no, I said, I, I said hits. <laughs> they just got mixed up. <laughs> oh, I absolutely love that. Okay. <laughs> I reckon we finish it there. That's I a great we'll, one to finish on. I think we'll end it there. Oh, thank you for joining us this week on BitStorm. If you want to find us online... We are on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. No, we're not on Snapchat. Friendstar, <laughs> MySpace. We've got more than one Google friend Plus. on <laughs> Bitstormcast on all of the ones of those that are actually real or count or still around. Uh, <laughs> you can find our Facebook group, our website, our YouTube, all on Podchaser. In the, look at the links on the side. Uh, or you can play our episodes there. You can do a bunch of stuff there. Podchaser.com slash Bitstorm. We're on iTunes. You can rate, review, subscribe. You know the deal. We'd like to plug our friends at the AGPN, the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network. Search for hashtag AGPN on Twitter or the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook. Finally, we'd like to thank Kuradust for the song Mount Defiance off of the album Containment Failure. That's right. So, thank you again for joining us this week on Bitstorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I am Trevor Scott. Ah, you said that too loud. There's fucking T's in my ear. And S's. And C's.